Welcome to the clubhouse with Patrick Folks on ABC Grandstand Digital. Hello, welcome to the clubhouse. Patrick Folks here with you in the ABC Grandstand Studio. Thank you very much for joining me, not just on Grandstand Digital, but across the Pacific with Radio Australia as well. The Clubhouse is now broadcast on Radio Australia. And as always, you can always find the show on iTunes as well if you want to download it. And for our friends joining us across the Pacific, this is the show where we look at rugby union from the grassroots level to the international scene as well. And we also have a pretty strong focus on Sevens rugby. So if Sevens is your flavour, you can find it here in the Clubhouse. No Sevens today, unfortunately, though, but we've got a packed show f- for you. The Wallabies went down to the All Blacks 41-33 over in Dunedin. We're going to have a chat with Grandstand's rugby commentator, Ross Reynolds. That chat is next. Also, I caught up with Waratahs head coach Michael Checker at pre-season training for the Waratahs and had a nice one-on-one with him about what he thinks about the Waratahs for season 2014. Worth hanging around for that chat as well. And Brendan McKibben, the Waratahs halfback. He was the starting halfback for season 2013. But Nick Phipps is in the, mitch, in, in the mix now from the Melbourne Rebels. So that contest for selection has certainly become a lot more interesting because Matt Lucas certainly played well for the Waratahs in the number nine jersey as well. I had a chat with him and you can hear that as well. Also, Grandstand's Shannon Byrne caught up with the Wallabies coach Ewan McKenzie after their sides lost to New Zealand and we'll have it. We'll listen to that chat with Ewan later on in the program. I'm Patrick Folks. Thank you very much for joining me. Let's crack into the show. On ABC Grandstand Digital, The Clubhouse, the Clubhouse. with Patrick Folks. Let's analyse the Wallabies' performance against the All Blacks now with uh, the clubhouse's rugby expert and the ABC Grandstand's rugby expert as well. And I'm talking, of course, about the former Wallaby Waratah. Ross Reynolds joins me once again. Ross, thank you for joining me. Okay, Patrick, how are you? Very well, thanks, Ross. Very well. Now, 41-33. We're getting closer, but we're just not quite there yet. Look, it was a huge improvement. I said we'd get within 7-10, to 10, uh, and they're always just behind the eight ball but, you know, 33 points against the number one team in the world is not to be sneezed at. So there were some really impressive performances from a couple of the Australians, uh, Falau and Cooper, uh, and a few of the forwards. So, look, there was really encouraging signs, but they need to back it up and they need to play for 80 minutes if they're ever going to beat this team. It was the simple errors, once again, Ross, that sort of crueled the Wallabies at key moments. I mean, we saw from the get-go the Wallabies had possession early and, and were creating early pressure on the All Blacks, and then miscommunication between Ben Moen and Will Genia just cost them a knock-on, and, and uh, obviously then they had to go for the, the scrum. But it's just moments like that that's sort of been the theme throughout the year, hasn't it? Yeah, they did. That was just really... Uh, ben Moen was trying to you know flick the ball up to... Uh... To, to Genia, but you know that's a little knock on. Then James Horville dropped it from a first receiver when he's trying to bash it up, and uh, you know there were just other little things where you know uh, Hooper got in the way, and then Kepu got in the way of backs attack inside the 22. Just when you're threatening, and you don't get enough opportunities against this sort of team with their rush defence 
to make those silly little errors. So it's just been a theme all season, and it's not improving. You mentioned James Horwell there. I've seen on ESPN Scrum this morning, Greg Groudon has been incredibly critical of James Horwell's performance and uh, suggested that David Pocock, when he comes back, should uh, get the Wallabies captaincy. I mean, James, I mean, that might be a bit of a big call, but James certainly didn't have one of his best games and missed a few tackles and knocked on. Do you think the pressure of that match got to him a bit? Oh, look, he's a marvellous captain. He's shown for the Queensland Reds in winning the uh, Super 15. So, look, he's definitely good enough to be captain, but... He had a horrible injury last year where he tore the hamstring off his bone and uh, I just think a long season, you know, 10 hard, gruelling tests and I think that's starting to tell. He, he did miss a couple of really easy tackles in close and enabled the uh, All Blacks to go forward and he wouldn't have been happy with his performance. So, uh, you know, he obviously got dragged for Tamani in the second half. So you don't often take your, your captain off at any time during the 80 minutes. So that would have been quite a, uh, you know a blow to him, but Mackenzie's proven that he, you know, he's prepared to do to make the hard decisions by dropping Will Genia, which is a, you know, proved to be a master stroke because it freshened him up and made him aware that he just got to shift the ball and he started to play some really good rugby. Well, speaking of Will Genia, his combination with Quay Cooper was uh, fairly prominent throughout the match on on Saturday, and uh, Quay Cooper, I think he's, he's finally buried his demons from that 2011 World Cup, don't you think? Look, uh, I think everyone's uh, sick of uh, the booing in New Zealand and I think the Kiwis are actually getting sick of it as well, which is nice because he really did perform well. He's copped an absolute, uh, you know, personal uh, hatred over there. Everywhere he went during the World Cup in 2011, they booed him in the street. The poor bloke could never relax and, uh, you know, he was only human to play not too well. But he seems to have matured off the field. He's certainly uh, training very hard and saying a lot of good things and uh, showing maturity, which uh, a few of his mates could learn. And that maturity is coming onto the paddock. He's, uh, you know, he, he stood up really well. He kicked impressively, three penalty goals, three conversions and a field goal. And he attacked the gain line. So he's prepared to uh, get wasted and, uh, you know, put his body on the line, which I was really pleased to see. And his combination with Will Genia was outstanding. So, you know, I think all the teams in the Northern Hemisphere would be starting to sort of uh, go, oh, these guys are starting to hit some straps. So if we look at it, I guess, as a whole, now that we've played all the, the matches in, uh, in this hemisphere for the year, Ross, I mean, considering where we started against the All Blacks and where we've finished, are you as a former Wallaby satisfied with the improvement? And do you think maybe next year could be a slightly brighter story? Oh, definitely under McKenzie, we're improving. He's obviously sorted a few blokes out in the head in terms of uh, getting their mental application right, and they've got to uh, earn their right to play. James O'Connor saga for one that distracted the team for a few tests and uh, he's gone and uh, you know he's got to sign for a franchise or he won't play for Australia again and that's a sad waste of talent but the Australians can ill afford to have those distractions so Mackenzie's done well to inch forward in terms of uh, the selections Will Genia had some bench time and he's playing good footy now he seems to have uh, found the right 10 with Cooper and Genia um, and Tamua played really well at 12 outside Cooper so Leila Fano, who uh, has been one of our best players and kicked goals from everywhere all year, he'd be a little bit worried as to how well Matt Tamua went because uh, his, his defence has uh, got a bit of sting to it. He uh, dummied and went through the All Blacks and uh, was a real threat to their uh, defensive line every time. So there's a nice little option there at uh, 12 between Leila Fano and Matt Tamua. And Kurandrani had his best game uh, in the green and gold. So was that because he was outside Matt Tamua? Maybe. 
He's his Brumbies teammate. The Brumbies combination, the conspiracy continues, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in, not go there. <laughs> but in in terms of, I guess, one of the other finds, Ben McCalman, he had a pretty good game. He was constantly getting himself over the advantage line. Look, I like the way McCalman runs. He runs to get through the game line, and uh, he doesn't matter whether that's a brick wall or what's in front of him. And he's always threatening, so he keeps his feet uh, spinning when he gets into contact, and he makes that extra metre when other players, like James Slipper, ran into contact too high and got turned over. You know, he just runs too high consistently. Big man, and he's a good runner, but you can't run at shoulders. You've got to run at space. Don't run straight at a bloke. You've actually got to try and hit him where he's, uh, he's not. And uh, some of our runners just seem to attack right into the heart of the Allbacks' uh, body rather than try and step and uh, find a bit of, uh, you know, air. I guess uh, one other thing, Ross, um, and I say this as, as a member of Gen Y, because there's been a lot of criticism in the media lately. Peter Fitzsimons wrote about their criticism of, of Gen Y now. They didn't want to play in the national jersey. But Peter Batham, on, on debut, in, in his, uh, his Wallaby green and gold during the anthem, tearing up with the emotion of the occasion. As a, as a former Wallaby yourself, was that spine-tingling stuff to see someone so young and so passionate about playing for their country? Look, I can remember when I did the same thing playing for Australia and uh, during the National Anthem, you know, the tears well up because it's something, you know, most players uh, and hopefully the Y generation included that you dream of, you know. You play in your backyard with your brother or sister and uh, using uh, current Wallaby names to, you know, try and get there. And then one day, like Peter Batham, he gets his chance, he's there, he starts to realise, the, 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 you know, the, the, the size of the occasion of his full crowd in Dunedin, it's just one of those moments that unless you've done it, it's hard to uh, really feel the passion. You, you know, the, the spine tingling, um, you know, it just goes up your spine. And, you know, it was fantastic to see the tears in his eyes. And he played really well too, you know. So, you know, it, he did carry forward the, that emotion into the game and it didn't upset him and didn't distract him. And, uh, you know, he really rolled up his sleeves and was prepared to get dirty. So, uh May that be a lesson for all the Y generation that can do it, and uh, we we want to see it. We want it to mean something, and you, we want you know to bleed for the occasion. Really put your body on the line. I'm still disappointed you and Mackenzie hasn't been at my subbies games, but you know maybe one day we might come down for my selection. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, let's talk about the spring tour because I don't think I'll ever get to play for the Wallabies. Now, the Wallabies heading over to Europe uh, in just over a week now, and the first game is against England. There's a grand slam, but in the middle of that, we've got to, uh, they've got to duck over to, uh, to Italy to play against the Italians. But it's, it's going to be a pretty intense tour. Considering what we've just seen, do you think uh, maybe the Poms will be a little bit more concerned? Because I think there would have been a bit of gloating after this, uh, the collective success of the British and Irish Lions. Look, there's no doubt the uh, the English are uh, a formidable side. They whacked the All Blacks there two years ago by about 40 to 10. So, you know, they really did put a game together. But they then played that horrible game last year in the final against Wales and got smacked when they thought they only had to turn up to win. So, you know, their own overconfidence cost them there. But those English players that played in the Lions did play well. And as a, as a unit, they're going to be a threat. So... Any time you play at Twickenham against the English, you're against a really huge, you know, vervent home crowd. So, look, it's a hard place to win. But uh, Australia, with their first game against Italy, have a chance to warm up and get to uh, Twickenham with a bit of confidence under their belt. So, look, it's going to be a hard ask to win all five tests. But, 
you know, the, the surfaces over there have improved immeasurably, so unless it's raining, the conditions should be okay. So uh, there's no excuses. And I actually think with the way the back line performing against the All Blacks, they can really do a number on most of those teams. If they kick poorly, um, you know, Falau and others will really cut some holes in them. So that puts a lot of pressure on their, their general game. And uh, if our set piece can hold, which uh, it has done during the season against the best in the world, the Lions and the All Blacks and the Springboks. So if they can put that together for 80 minutes, you know, we're a real chance. Yeah, it's certainly going to be exciting. I do love it when Australia plays at Twickenham. So hopefully the Wallabies will be able to get another win there. And Ross, we'll, we'll talk to you throughout the spring too. I don't think there's, there's, it's a bit too much foresight to ask you what you think might happen in the, in the Australia-Wales game, but we'll hold off on that for a while, unless you've got your crystal ball there, but uh, we might leave that for another day. And Ross, you're on ABC News 24 tomorrow night on Grandstand with, uh, with Wilco. You want to give us an insight about uh, what you might talk about? Oh, look, I think we're just going to dissect uh, a bit about the All Blacks because I think there's a few things that uh, the refereeing need to sort out. There's a bit of cleaning out beyond the, uh, the ball where in that first try the All Blacks scored, I'm sure Quade Cooper was cleaned out and then sat on. So he couldn't get in the defensive line and uh, that's why uh, there was a huge hole down the short side with Steve Moore up against uh, you know, the fullback. And it's just a uh, you know, hook against fullback. You're never going to win that race. So... Uh, <laughs> There's a bit of a little uh, technical stuff that they do so well, but is illegal. So uh, I'm going to have a analyse that and just see if that was the case. Exciting stuff. Tune in to ABC News 24 and check your local guides around the country to see when it's on to join Ross Reynolds and Peter Wilkins on Grandstand TV. Ross, though, thank you for joining me on Grandstand Radio in the clubhouse. We love having you on and getting all your analysis from the great game of rugby union. Thanks, Patrick. I enjoy coming into the clubhouse. And that was Grandstand's Ross Reynolds with myself. And coming up next, we're going to chat to Michael Checker and get the latest from the Waratahs at their pre-season camp. ABC Grandstand's rugby show, The Clubhouse, on ABC Grandstand Digital. Well, Michael, we're standing here at a, a fairly picturesque uh, overlooking Coogee at the moment and uh, you're in the, the start of the first few days of the Waratahs pre-season for 2014. Your thoughts as head coaches, how the squad is shaping up at the moment? Oh, I'd be pretty happy with you know how we've recruited. I think we've still got a couple of spots to fill in our senior squad, so a prop and a, and a hooker, but we're just we're holding fire there for the moment to wait give a few guys opportunities. After that, um, you know, I'm really happy. I think we've got 11 new players once everyone's in. Uh, that will mean that you know over half the squad is now only being coached by the current coaching regime. So the, there's a lot of new ideas and new energy coming into the squad, and and you know it's now about hard work and getting on with um, becoming really good with our skills so that we can be a competitive force in Super Rugby. In terms of the preseason, this is now your second with the Waratahs, and. Uh, does it become a bit different as you come into your second year of how you approach a pre-season when you came in? You didn't know most of the guys that well. Now you've got a handle on some of them. Is it different? Yeah, a little bit because the first year we said, right, we'll just work hard, make it quite generic, and uh, work hard at a certain level and see who wants to work and who doesn't, you know. And I think this year, because we know the ins and outs of the individuals, we've got a little bit better technology in some of our athletic preparation. We'll turn the work ethic up harder. So you know, we'll turn the week up on that a little bit and put the heat a bit more on players, but maybe probably make it a little bit more specific to what each player really needs. And some of the things like today, it's more about the mental training, you know. Get up that hill and do it together and, 
and work really hard for it. You talk about the mental training. The Waratahs won eight and lost eight last year, but there was a few games when it really could have gone the other way. Do you think this mental trailing will help this squad perhaps be able to get better at finding ways to win when they need to for next year? Yeah, a combination of that and just slightly more consistent skills. I think there was probably three or four games we could have won if we just put one pass in front, you know, when we put a pass behind and the cover defence picked us up close scores and that's what learning to become top teams about so we do have that foundation from last year we know where those things where we went wrong in those little areas and and we know where what we were doing last year around our work ethic the, the important thing is to be extremely clear about our identity as a team how we play extremely clear about our purpose what we want out of our season and then go to work at it. You mentioned you're recruiting, just to name a few, the Waratahs have recruited uh, Kurtley Beal back from the Melbourne Rebels, obviously Nick Phipps has come up there as well, obviously you've retained Israel Folau, it looks like it's going to be an exciting backline when you combine it with Cam Crawford and Adam Ashley Cooper, are you excited about the potential attacking prowess of this backline? Yeah, very much so, I think also guys like John O'Lance, and who's, you know, he's won a Super Rugby tournament with Queensland, and also Matt Carraro coming back, power running game out wide, Peter Beetham, who's been included in the Australian team. But, you know, I love the backs, but rugby's one up front, mate. And, you know, I think that we, uh, we've we added some good grunt to our forward pack. We've still got a couple of places to fill. And our, and our existing forwards need to up their ante around the grunt factor and being hard and, and tough and, uh, and laying a platform for our backs to run off because without that you can't do anything. And you mentioned before competition for spots, something that you seem to be fairly passionate about. You just look at the, the halfback role and there's, there's three poten potential halfbacks there. Do you believe competition will drive this team further forward? Yeah, it always does, you know. Like competition internally leads to competition externally and, um, and I really believe that, uh, that that's a real key to learning how to compete. You can talk about it all the time, but when you've got to fight for your spot and then you worry about if, if you have an off game, I'm going to get you replaced... Well, not worry about it, but you know that's the case, then you're in there, you want to perform no matter what. And I guess in terms of the wider Australian conference, apart from the Western Force, you're the only sort of head coach that sort of kept the role from last year. There's been a bit of moving and shaking across the board. Do you think that might enhance uh, the Waratahs' chances of uh, potentially topping the Australian conference? Oh, I don't think so. I think it's, you know, it's all about players getting their act together. The coach's role, I think, is slightly overrated in the bigger picture. You know, we put the pieces together... And, and you know, try to stitch it together, and then it's up to the players to make sure that they drive the ship. You know, by the sounds of that, we're not going to get much driving, but you know, they're, they're enjoying themselves at the start of hard work, and that's the start of a building team spirit, driving, uh, driving a competitive nature within the team, and then that leads to, like, we're 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 competing against each other from Monday to Friday, and then on Saturday, everyone's supporting each other to beat the opposition. You know, so that's very much what will take us there. I don't think any changing in coaches is going to help us anyway. You know? And uh, just one final one. You've talked about uh, a top two finish. How confident are you for the Waratahs? Obviously, the, um, you know, you're not in a rugby. You're not here to play rugby unless you're looking to win it. And uh, I think that's pretty much obvious. Uh, the confidence is irrelevant. It's about belief. And you only have belief if you do the hard work. This game's laid on hard work. We've got the X-Factor players and we've got players who can make something out of nothing. And, but nothing happens without hard work, physicality, and being really clear about the way we play the game and what our purpose is. And so once, once we're... Well, I think we're going to get that down pat. You know, I believe that that's going to be the case. And once we do, then it'll be up to our players to shine every time they get the chance competitively. Michael, thank you very much for talking to Grandstand and good luck for the rest of the preseason. Thank you.
That was Waratahs coach Michael Checker chatting to me. And I also managed to catch up with Brendan McKibben, the halfback for the Waratahs. Let's have a listen to that chat now. We're here at a beautiful Coogee, a top of Coogee today. The, the wind's sort of blowing around, but the Waratahs are doing a, something a bit more gruelling. It's the start of uh, the pre-season. How have you found uh, the, the guys and, and the intense training today? Yeah, it's been really good. You know, this is our, our third day now in a row, and uh, there's a pretty good buzz about, as, as there is always at the start of a pre-season. But um, there's a lot of new faces in there, and there's a pretty good feel amongst the group. In terms of, uh, I guess, a, a new a new year, we know that last year for the Waratahs it was a bit more of a, a rebuilding season, but we know already that uh, Coach Michael Checker has said that there's placed higher value and a higher finish for season 2014. Does that place a bit more urgency and, and pressure on, and, and on the pre-season now as, as opposed to last year? Yeah, it certainly does. I think that you know there's probably uh, a couple of things that we need to tweak, and and we've identified those. And um, you know the the onus is put on the players. Uh, the coaching staff has has put a uh, I guess a structure in place that's put us in the best the best uh, place to, for us to get um, the results that we want this year. And uh, uh, we're certainly going to be striving towards that uh, every day here in preseason. And Nick Phipps coming up from the Rebels. Does that put a bit of extra pressure on you for season 2014? Yeah, it's great. I mean, uh, it's always healthy competition with whichever halfback you've got. And uh, with Nick coming from Melbourne and Matt, Matt still here uh, from last year, uh, it's going to be a pretty competitive environment. And that's something that I think uh, all three of us will thrive on, uh, especially with our personalities. So really looking forward to it. And uh, it's a pretty exciting backline as now well. We've got Israel Folau, we know he's staying in rugby with Kirtley Beale has joined the squad and Nick Phipps and yourself and obviously Bernard Foley has been uh, playing some top quality rugby. Are you excited about the possibility that this backline could do? Yeah, uh, we're really excited about it. It's something that we thrive on. Um, I think that you know that you can see through the stats and, and the way we played last year that uh, we, we like to play with the ball in hand a little bit more. And then you've got the likes of Peter Beathan who's just been called into the Wallaby squad. So it's, it's great for guys like that. Um, and uh, I think it's, it's going to be beneficial for, uh, for us nines to, to be playing behind a, a, solid, a solid forward pack, you know, with the likes of Ben Robertson, Wycliffe, Tatafu's back, uh, fit and ready to play. So it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, exciting times ahead. And in terms of the pre-season itself, is there anything in particular that you just really hate doing? No, I've, I mean, every day, you know, you sort of want to turn up with a positive attitude, and I think that's what we've got in the group at the moment. Uh, if anyone might be a bit flat, you know, there's guys around us who, who are going to pick each other up, and, and that's the, the good thing about this group, that everyone's got uh, a strong belief in what we're, what we're about and uh, how we're going to achieve that, so it's, uh, it's really good. And, uh, Brendan, if I could talk to you this time next year, what would be your sort of, uh, what would you like to set yourself as a goal, for, I guess, for the next 12 months of your rugby playing career? Oh, look, I want to be um, playing at the highest level um, and I think that the Waratahs uh, and the team that we've got uh, is going to allow me to do that and uh, through the competitive environment that, that we bring amongst each other, um, I'm hoping we're going to have that, that spot. Brendan, thanks for talking to Grandstand and uh, good luck for the rest of the pre-season. Thanks a lot, we look forward to it. And that was Brendan McKibben with myself at Waratah's pre-season training. I'm Patrick Folks. You're listening to The Clubhouse on Grandstand Digital and across Radio Australia. Well, Shannon Byrne caught up with Wallabies coach Hewan McKenzie after the side's loss to the All Blacks 41-33. And let's have a listen to that chat. And Shannon started off by asking Ewan if he was getting a bit happier with how the Wallabies were playing. Um, oh, look, we've, yeah, we're, we're gradually getting more competitive against the... New Zealand, um, so I suppose that there's some progress there, but you know, there's still a few soft moments along the way that um, uh, are frustrating. Um, you know, the players are maturing; they're just definitely getting better as a group. 
Um, and we're more competitive, but we're, we're not we're not where we want to be winning these games. Not uh, not coming second. And I guess when you look at the scoreline, uh, the All Blacks scored 41 points, and the Wallabies scored uh, the most points ever. Uh, against for any team against uh, a New Zealand side in New Zealand, thirty three points uh, you were able to tally up. Then do you look at that and just go, are you more happy with your attack or really not happy with your defence? <laughs> oh, both. Um, you know, I might be satisfied. We we um, we had some soft moments in defence, and you only have to have one or two against New Zealand and they make you pay. And we had a lot more opportunities in attack to score, and we didn't take them. So. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be happy until we're uh, so obviously getting the scoreboard right, but um, reaching our potential. We're we're on, a, we're on a journey and we're getting better, but uh, and playing against at the moment, so we're getting really well tested. Um, but we're not going to be happy until we've um, until we're on the right side of the scoreboard. And I guess uh, some positives though uh, in terms of the scrum. Do you think it was a masked improvement over the last couple of tests we've seen? Yeah, I think it's been improving. We had one bad scrum, um, but we forced a couple of turnovers from them. So, you know, I think we're making progress. Every part of the line was very good. Um, a lot of the statistics were in our favour, but uh, the scoreboard wasn't. That's the thing that counts. Another good uh, statistic was uh, Quade Cooper's uh, boot, uh, seven from seven, and uh, a pretty impressive performance from him overall. Uh, what did you make of it? And uh, I guess what's it like having uh, the old Quade back? Oh, look, I know I know Quade for a long time, you know, so I know what he's capable of. So I'm not uh, surprised by his contribution. A lot of other people have opinions about him, but it's pretty complete. Very good with the boot and goal and uh, created a lot of attack opportunities for us. So yeah, that's a Quade that I know and I've known him for a long time. So uh, uh, I don't get surprised by that. Um, I think that there's, you know, that's, that's the team. Uh, some guys I knew of the scene are really... Yeah, Manny Tamura and Tavita Kuratrani did a great job, you know, sort of a new midfield. You know, Tamura was playing his first game at 12 and I thought he played really well. So there's a lot of things to like amongst uh, the, where we're at, um, but where we need to be. And I guess a special night too, uh, Ewan, in terms of uh, we saw Will Genia play his 50th test and uh, not far down along the line was uh, someone debuting as well in terms of uh, Peter Beetham. So, uh, you know, you've got some uh, old with new. Uh, how much are you enjoying seeing some of the new guys come through? Oh, I enjoy it. I always I like to know the next player. Every week he's been on debut every time this season. So, um, uh, yeah, we've... We haven't got experience in some positions, but we got his passion. I think we saw that in the very passionate at the opportunity, and I thought he did well in his first game. So um, that's good. That's good for our depth. And uh, just to, looking forward, that was the, the third and final test, uh, Ewan. Uh, what's coming up next? Uh, I understand a, a busy two weeks before you play in England. Yes, to get back to Australia like tonight, and then. Uh, Back uh, back into it on Thursday, effectively, before I fly to the UK on Friday, and with five weeks, uh, you can sort of five more tests in a row. Um, and how's the troops looking? Uh, everyone come through unscathed last night? In the time we've got, obviously, four players who missed this game through minor injuries. I will we'll basically assess them, but they also come back into the group uh, for the trip one. Now, you and I'll uh, finish off with uh, your seventh test now in charge of the Wallabies. How much are you enjoying uh, being in charge of the Wallabies and uh, enjoying the top role? I'm enjoying the challenge of it. You know, it uh, hasn't been too much uh, easy along the way, and it's been a real uh, test of character for everyone, the staff and coaches and the players. And uh, 
have to say everyone's sticking together and, um, you know, we're incrementally improving. Um, you know, I think we'll see the benefit of it in time, but, um, you know, we don't have a lot of time. I'd like to be, I'd like to win. I don't because I'm travelling along and not winning, so I'm, I'm impatient in that respect. Well, no doubt the uh, Wallabies fans are a pretty impatient lot as well, uh, you, and so uh, you've got uh, the right-minded people behind you in terms of fans. Uh, before I let you go, uh, is there any update on, uh, I guess, the future of James O'Connor in Australian rugby and also, more importantly, with the Wallabies? Uh, not in relation to the Wallabies. Obviously, James has got to make a decision about what he's going to do. I'm not sure the timetable is, but um, no, there's nothing, nothing else to, to update there. All right. Well, uh, Ewan, we'll let you go. Uh, I know you've got a, a long flight back, a, a short stay in Australia, and then you're heading off uh, to England and uh, the Grand Slam Spring Tour against England. Uh, it's your first game in two weeks at Twickenham on Saturday, the 2nd of November. We look forward to uh, keeping an eye across that tour over in England. Thank you so much for your time today on ABC Grandstand and uh, have a safe trip back to Australia. Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you. And that was Grandstand's Shannon Byrne with Ewan McKenzie. I'm Patrick Folks. Thanks very much for joining me in the clubhouse today. It's been an honour to talk rugby with you on Grandstand Digital and on Radio Australia as well across the Pacific. If you want to catch this show again at any time, you can. Just head to iTunes and you can find the clubhouse there. Uh, just search for the clubhouse and uh, you can download the show to your mobile device at your leisure. Until next week, though, wherever you play the game, Enjoy your rugby. ABC Grandstand Digital. Cricket. This is Michael Clark. Tennis. Hi, I'm Rafael Nadal from Spain. A-League. Hi, I'm Michael Zulo from Adelaide United. Who said this is the off-season? The round balls have taken over. Grandstand Sport. Oh, yeah! The forehand is fabulous! I'm favouring Australia. Was that local knowledge? That's the <laughs> ABC Grandstand Sport continues to deliver sports coverage like no other. On radio, online, on digital radio, and on your mobile. Stay tuned right here on ABC Grandstand Digital.